Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For a breakfast corn cereal you'll really go for, eat Kicks, crunchy puffs of real energy-rich corn. And now, Kicks, that winning American corn cereal presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful bullet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight. By the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Taxi Dance to Murder. Perhaps the Indians didn't know the value of land when they sold Manhattan for a few dollars worth of trinkets. But they knew the food value of corn, their fighting energy food. Today's modern way to eat corn in this energy-rich way for breakfast is kicks. K-I-X. Yes, here's a breakfast corn cereal you'll really go for. Because corn sweet kicks isn't flakes, isn't shredded. Kicks is energy-building corn, popped into crunchy, delicious puffs that really stay crisp in milk or cream. Kicks gives you all the important vitamins and minerals of corn. Try it. You'll get a kick out of Kicks. It was generally known to both police and press that marijuana, otherwise known as loco weed, was being widely distributed in the city. The traffic was expanding despite all efforts of authorities to find the men responsible. It was virtually impossible to trace the distribution of the marijuana cigarettes. A few arrests had been made, but these led nowhere. No evidence pointed to Waxy Lucas, operator of a taxi dance hall known as the Palace. Lucas was in his office with his right-hand man. Bonnie, all I ask is another six months of this, and we'll be on Easy Street. You'll be on Easy Street, Lucas. What about me? (laughs) I'll be generous when I declare the dividends. When? You just play along, I'll take care of you. Just be sure that none of the peddlers gets too talkative. Things are getting pretty warm, boss. Daily Sentinel's been running some blistering editorials. <laughs> Our editorials can't hurt us. Yeah, but suppose some reporter or cop gets a line on one of the peddlers. Then where are we? Don't worry, I know it. Yeah, the door. Come on in. Well, what's the matter, Macy? Some of the taxi dancers squabbling again? No, it's not that, boss. I want to speak to you about that girl you hired a couple of weeks ago. What about her? You know who she is? I don't keep track of the girls. That's your job. I don't even remember her name. You mean the quiet-looking brunette? Yeah, that's the one. Called herself Yvonne something or other. What about her? I was looking through her street clothes in the locker room. Found a wallet there. So what? Here, see for yourself. You'll find a driver's license and some other identification. Her right name is Jennings. Betty Jennings. And here's the card that'll interest you particularly... 
A social security card. She's working for the Daily Sentinel. A reporter? Why, that little... Yeah, nice, huh? What's she know? She's been mighty chummy with a lot of the girls. I don't know how much she knows, but I bet it's plenty. Bring her in here. Looks like this is a job for me, huh, boss? Maybe a little accident. I'll go find her right away. Hey, kid. Have you seen Yvonne anywhere? She's over there, Maisie, at the phone booth. Who's she calling? Well, you got me. I'll soon find out. Hello, Mr. Reed. I'm sorry to bother you at home, but... I had to speak to you before it was too late. This is Betty Jennings. I've been working at the Dan's Palace the past two weeks trying to get a line on the... Oh, you know about it. Well, then that saves time. Listen, Mr. Reed, there may be trouble. I left my wallet in the locker room, and it's gone. If those people find out I'm a reporter, things will get hot. I've made a list of places where the stuff is being sold, and I dropped it in the mail. You should get it in the morning. I'll... What's that, Mr. Reed? You mean I'm to leave right away? (gasps) That'll do, dearie. You cut me off. You said it. Now hang up the receiver. What's the idea? Can't a girl even call her boyfriend? Give me that receiver. Fine thing. I was just fixing things for... Waxy will give you your nickel back, dearie. But first he wants to talk to you. Well, I don't want to talk to him. I'm fed up with this place. Don't get tough. I don't like it. A gun. That's right. Jennings. A gun. Now just walk straight to Waxy's office and keep your trap shut. This is the end of the line, Miss Jennings. Just step out. You mean you... You're going to leave me here on the, on the state highway? You heard the boss. Get out of this car and hurry it up. All right, if that's the way yes, you want... Wa- that did it. Is Barney coming? Yeah. I can see his headlights. Okay. He'll finish the job. publisher of the influential newspaper, The Daily Sentinel, was keenly hurt by the death of a member of his staff. He was in his office with his secretary, Lenore Case, and Michael Axford. I tell you, that girl was murdered, and it's my fault. No, Reed, you can't say that. It wasn't your idea to have Miss Jennings take a job as a taxi dancer in that palace. It was her own suggestion. You were opposed to it. That's right, Reed. She was so eager to get the big story. Let her persuade me to okay the assignment. Oh, she'd have gone anyway. She was sure there was a connection between the marijuana racket and the palace dance hall. Uh, By golly, it looks like she was right. I wonder what's keeping the police commissioner. He said he'd be here in a few minutes. He will be. If we could only prove that Miss Jenny got something on those crooks. We can't even prove she worked at the palace. She used an assumed name. Did you talk to Lucas? Of course. He denies knowing her. Oh, Britt. 
Oh, Commissioner Higgins, come in. I'm glad you're here. Hello, Axford. Hello, Commissioner. Hello, Miss Case. Good morning, Commissioner. I didn't see anyone in the outer office. We've been talking about Betty Jennings. Commissioner, it's our theory that it wasn't no hit-run accident that killed Betty Jennings. The accident theory went out the window when I talked to Britt on the phone. Oh. Oh, Britt, you said you'd give me a rundown on the details if I came here. Well, Betty Jennings had a few leads in the marijuana rackets. A couple of taxi dancers she thought might be persuaded to talk. Taxi dancers? Yes. So she used an assumed name and got a job in the palace. Waxy Lucas's place. I've had men watching Lucas, but they got nothing at all. Well, Betty got something. She got a list of names and addresses. She dropped them into a mailbox yesterday afternoon just as a precaution. Last night, she phoned me. Said she thought the heat was on. She was cut off. That's the last I heard from her. A list of names, huh? Yes. Here it is, Commissioner Higgins. Oh, thank you, Miss Case. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Marijuana cigarettes are being distributed in each of those seven places. Anything other than the dead girl's word to verify that? No. But she gave her life for that list. Well, I can get warrants and send squads out on surprise raids. You'll find something. I'm sure of it. Probably a small stock of local weed cigarettes, a cheap peddler or two, and a few fool kids that buy the stuff. The trouble is, Britt, a dragnet like that never catches the men on top. But we'll raid. We'll stage a roundup tonight. That's the least we can do for Betty Jennings. A dozen police cars went into action that night with carefully picked men acting on direct orders from the commissioner himself. Armed with warrants, tear gas, and sawed-off shotguns, the squads fanned out from police headquarters and struck at several places simultaneously. All right, stop the music. All of you stand where you are. Stop the music, you hear? It's a rain. i got to get out of here. Now, take it easy. All the doors are watched. You can't get away. Don't make no resistance and you won't get hurt. Come here, you... What are you trying to get rid of? Oh, no, wait, let me go. Let me go, mister. Trying to duck the cigarettes, huh? All right, come on with us. Another squad swept down a beer garden, entering both front and rear doors at the same time. Another dance hall was suddenly thrown into disorder by the appearance of the determined man in blue uniform. <laughs> Car after car, loaded with protesting prisoners, headed for police headquarters in a series of raids that brought eight-column headlines in all newspapers. Let the left street paper, police dragnet catches peddlers, surprise raids in all parts of the city. Hurry and paper, marijuana fun in police raids, Rito. And according to the latest reports, over 30 prisoners have been taken to police headquarters along with seized marijuana in the form of cigarettes. This is your Sentinel radio reporter. Seated in his apartment, Britt Reed turned off the radio, then turned to his Filipino valet, Cato. It's a beginning, Cato, and that's all it is. Oh, yes, Mr. Britt. I'm dubious about the results. Well, how is that? Now, the prisoners fall into two groups, the sellers and the buyers. Most of the buyers are misguided people, many of them young, who have no criminal record. They'll probably be given a suspended sentence. What are the others? Police have caught other peddlers from time to time. They're all small fry. Well, they might name the important men in the racket. They haven't in the past, and they won't now. 
They'd rather take a short jail term. They know what had happened if they squealed. As soon as they finished their jail terms, they'd meet with an accident, just as Betty Jennings did. Well, Mr. Britt, is there nothing we can do? There might be, Cato. We'll see how things develop. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Chief of Detectives. That's you, boss. What's up, Mike? You sound excited. I've cracked the case. Yeah, I tailored Torpedo for three days, but it was worth it. He led me right to their headquarters, picked up the whole gang, and recovered the jewels, too. Great work, Mike. You must be dog-tired. Better take a few days off and get some sleep. I sure need it, but I'm starved. Haven't had a leisurely square meal in weeks. First thing I'm going to do is tie into an inch-thick slice of rare roast beef, mashed potatoes, the whole works. Yes, whatever their jobs, when the inner man calls, you'll find that a lot of Americans will rate a plate of roast beef as just about tops. Mighty popular eating, all right, but it's still not the most truly American food you can think of. Take foods like corn fritters, corn on the cob, tasty dishes like that. They're the most American dishes of all. Sure, they're made with corn, the only native American grain, the fighting food of the Indian. Yes, the energy food that helped give our pioneer forefathers their get-up-and-get. Modern Americans need the energy of corn foods, too. So start in with breakfast and eat corn in a way you'll really go for. It's kicks, naturally. Kicks isn't flat flake but crunchy puffs of real corn that stay crisp in milk or cream. Talk about a winning American cereal. Kicks gives you all the important vitamins and minerals of corn. Eat Kicks every breakfast. Corn Kicks with plenty of milk or cream and the season's fresh fruit gives you a breakfast treat that's downright good that starts you off on a power-packed day. Try it. Kicks is a winner. <laughs> Now to continue our story. The majority of those who had been captured in a series of police raids were charged with purchase or possession of marijuana cigarettes. These, for the most part, were youthful people from good families, people who had no criminal record. They appeared as a group in Judge Carvel's court. I am deeply shocked to see before me representatives of fine families, some of whom I know personally. I know you're not criminals, neither are you vicious. I feel that you have been victims of bad companions, and that leniency and another chance is indicated. So I'm going to issue a warning and a probationary case. Britt Reed left the courtroom while the kindly white-haired judge lectured those who stood before him. He was in his office when Lenore Case entered with the final word from the trial. Suspended sentence for every one of them, Mr. Reed. That's about what I expected. Oh, well. Perhaps the judge will crack down when the peddlers go on trial. I've been checking past records, Miss Case. Yes? Other peddlers have gone on trial. They pleaded guilty and got 60 to 90 days. Oh, Mr. Reed, 
If that's all Judge Carvel gives these dirty rats, I... Oh, pardon me, but I... Oh, I don't think Betty Jennings would feel that her work had been worthwhile. I agree with you, but... Miss Case, I'd like a list of the people who were in court today. They suspended sentences? Yes. Very well, but... Well, it's the peddlers who should be made to pay the limit. Well, perhaps this is a case where the indirect approach will get the best results. The indirect approach? You mean you... You think there's a chance for best results? I think I know how to influence Judge Carvel. Oh, but he can't be influenced. Well, he's as honest as the day is long. He's... Therefore, Miss Case, the indirect approach. I'll, uh, I'll get that list of names. Waxy Lucas sat in his office and laughed when he heard the results of the day in court. <laughs> Suspended sentences right down the line. Oh, oh, that's good. Judge Carvel's an old dear, huh, boss? Uh, lenient as ever. Boss, maybe you're laughing too soon. Our boys haven't gone to trial yet. Today it was only the guys that got caught for possession. It's all right, Bonnie. Judge Carvel is running true to form. You think the boys will get the same as usual? Sure they will. Ninety days. <laughs> Barney, you see that they've got all lawyers and that they're ordered to plead Gilly and take the rap. Okay, Lucas. If any fines, I'll be paid. I just hope those boys keep their traps shut. They will. They know what'll happen if they squeal. For 90 days and a fine, they'll keep quiet. But if the judge hands out a stiff jolt, things might be bad. Don't worry about it, Barney. Carvel's all right. Look, the Daily Sentinel's had a lot to say about the leniency in that court. Carvel might be influenced. He and Britt Reed are on opposite sides of the political fence. Carvel is just cussed stubborn enough to go against Reed whenever he has a chance. And don't worry, Barney. Britt Reed spent the afternoon studying the names of the people who had been given suspended sentences by Judge Carvel. Then that evening... He sat down at the phone in his apartment. Well, here is first name, Mr. Britt. It is John Hawkins. Hmm. Well, let's see. Telephone number. All right. His father's a fine old man. I hope I can imitate his voice. I also hope Judge is at home. Judge Carvel speaking. Carvel! I paid your agent the price you demanded to get my son a suspended sentence. But I simply had to phone and tell you what I think of you. What's that? Who is this? The name is Hawkins. My son was in your court. Hawkins? Words can't express my contempt for anyone who'd send a solicitor for a bribe. Carvel, don't you ask me for any more support. Goodbye. Goodbye. <sighs> That should make Carvel start thinking. Mr. Britt, he may phone man you imitate to ask questions. He can't reach Hawkins. He's out of town. Oh. So is Andrew Barnes. So now you call and speak like Andrew Barnes? Yes. You're welcome to the money, Carvel. I'm glad to know that anyone who gets into trouble can get a suspended sentence from you for a stinking hundred bucks. A little later, Britt Reed called the judge again, and this time spoke in another voice. And the judge was furious. Now, wait a minute, and listen to me. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no agents. I've never taken a bribe in my life. I... Hung up. 
Oh, confound it. What's happening? What is all this talk about bribes solicited by an agent of mine? After the final call, Britt went to his bedroom, followed by Cato. He took some cash from a wall safe. Then the mask and weapon of the Green Hornet. Then, stepping through a secret panel in the rear of the closet in the bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. <coughs> Brett Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the night. Midnight found Judge Carvel at the telephone, exhausted after hours of trying to call back one of the men from whom he thought he had received a call. Hawkins, Barnes, if I could just get a few words with one of them. Something is confounded strange. Oh, thunder, still no answer. Hang up the phone and keep quiet. What the... The, the Green Hornet. Take it easy. Where did you come from? A lock on your side door doesn't amount to much. Steady. Don't reach under that bookshelf. You don't need a gun for me. I just came to give you a present, that's all. Here. Money. Nice chunk there. It's yours. Mine? The boys will help you out tomorrow. And they're in your court. They'll all plead guilty. Court tomorrow? What do you mean? You can find them. That's all right. And they'll take any rap up to six months without a squawk. If you can get by with a 90-day stretch, it'll be even better. You... You mean the marijuana peddlers? Who else? Why, you... Don't reach for that gun. And don't cross this up, Judge Carvel. If you do, we'll expose you for taking bribes from men like Hawkins and Barnes. Hawkins? Barnes? I didn't take bribes. <laughs> I took... What do you suppose they'd think if after paying me as your representative, their sons won suspended sentences in your court? What? So you're the one. You called on him. You took that cash. I'll kill you for that. Hold it. I'll shoot you. Give me that gun. I'll get you. Here, try gas from this gun. As the judge staggered and fell unconscious to the floor, Britt hurried from the house, clutching his side as he ran to the Black Beauty. Cato, waiting in the car, opened the door as the masked man approached. I hear a shot. Cato, it's fast. Get a gun. You hit. I gassed him. But his bullet... Drive, Cato. Get me home. Britt Reed clung tenaciously to a slender thread of consciousness until he reached his home. Then oblivion engulfed him. When Judge Carvel walked into court the next morning... He found it crowded. He listened with a stony face as one after another of the marijuana peddlers came to the bar and pleaded guilty. Then he eyed the spectators while he considered his verdict. 
Lucas, are you sure everything's okay? Of course it is, Bonnie. I'm not worried. <laughs> Judge, don't look soft to me. Don't let us look scare you. Each of the accused has pleaded guilty as charged. In doing this, you have simplified the process of justice. You see what I mean? The discretionary powers of a judge in a case like this are very broad. The maximum penalty is very heavy. This case has extraordinary conditions. I guess you were right, Lucas. Conditions that are known by the men involved. Now, there seems to be an impression that this court is, uh, uh, well, uh, maybe influenced. To dispel any such idea, it is the sentence of this court that each of the defendants serve the maximum penalty provided by law. Ten years of hard labor. I won't take it. I'll squeal. Listen. Your Honor, I appeal. This is wrong. I want to talk. I want to make a deal. I'm getting out of here. I'll tell you about the top guys. I'll tell all you want it. I'll answer your questions. Tell who killed the girl. Your Honor. Confusion reigned in court, but Brett Reed knew nothing about it. He had been unconscious through the entire day. When evening came, he lay motionless in his apartment. And at the side of his bed sat the three people whom he had trusted with the secret of his dual role. Cato, Commissioner Higgins, and Lenore Case. He's moving at last. Betty. Betty Jennings. You know. Steady, Mr. Reed. I, I hear you, Betty. Mr. Reed, I... I'm not Betty. I'm Casey. Huh? Oh, Case. Commissioner. Cato. Miss Britt, I worried. I sent for Miss Case and Police Commissioner. Oh, oh yes. Uh, funny, I... I thought I heard Betty Jennings. She, she seemed to be telling me everything was all right. Everything's under control, Britt. My personal physician took care of your wound. He thinks you had an accident cleaning a gun. What, what time is it? It's 8 o'clock. Oh, this case, we, we've got to cover the trial, those marijuana peddlers. This is their day in Judge Carvel's court. Mr. Reed, it's 8 o'clock in the evening. The trial's all over. Oh, all over? I don't know what you did, Britt, but Judge Carvel told me about a caller he had last night. The Green Hornet. And some cash that was left with him. Cash? A bribe. He's waiting for someone to try and claim it. If it's not claimed, he'll give it to charity. That's fine. It won't be claimed. I hoped it... Well, Commissioner, what happened in court? Brett, you should have been there. Carvel cracked down hard. He gave those rats the works and they squealed their heads off. They named the ringleaders of the marijuana racket and identified Maisie, Barney, and Waxy Lucas as the murderers of Betty Jennings. Gosh, that's good. Yes, Mr. Reed, it is good. And the assignment you okayed for Betty Jennings... Has been completed by the Green Hornet. Read all about it. Just mention Green Hornet and Cracking Crime Ring. Sir. 
bit tired. If that's you and the morning's hardly begun, better check up on your breakfast. Try Kicks made from corn, the fighting energy food of the Indian. Now at breakfast time, you can take on the energy-building vitamins and minerals that corn gives you, and in a way you'll really go for. Kicks, you see, is not flat flakes, but crunchy, delicious puffs of power-packed corn that stay crisp in milk or cream. So pour it on for those extra milk vitamins, too. Enjoy a super delicious Kicks and Milk breakfast every day. It's powerful good. Kicks, that winning American corn cereal. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by Kicks, the ready-to-eat roasted corn cereal. Try it. Kicks is a winner. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. These are George W. Trundle productions directed by Charles D. Livingstone. The story was written by Fran Stryker, and the part of The Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night, at the same time over many of these same stations, there'll be roaring action of the Old West when the Lone Ranger rides again. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.